uh, I want to encourage you to start filling out this card now. Really, two parts that are on this card. One is, how are we praising God for what he's done this past year? Uh, you might remember our Thanksgiving service where we gave thanks to God for all that he did over 2021, and there is a lot to be thankful for. And the second part of the card is, what are you asking God to do in the new year? And so if you need a pen, uh, you could go ahead and raise your hand. Uh, we might have some ushers that would be able to, to locate a pen for you. But uh, I am not offended if you are filling out this card in the middle of the message, uh, because this is important. And so we're going to have some time at the end where there's different... Uh, stations. Does everybody see the signs that are around the room? There's eight prayer stations. And when I say go, <laughs> or when, uh, w- w- when the time is right, uh, we'll have elders at every one of those prayer stations that will receive you. They'll look over the card and just make sure that, you know, I know everybody's got different handwriting, right? Uh, mine's hieroglyphs at times, Caitlin knows. Um, but look over the card, make sure that we got the prayer requests right, but then pray a blessing over the family for this coming year, and, or an individual as well. And I think that's something important for us to, to, to think of as well. Individuals are a part of our church family. We're calling this Berean Family Blessing Sunday, and we want to bless the entire family. It's not just about uh, those of us that have kids, it's about every individual that's here. We want everyone to be blessed and everyone to be prayed over. So it's a little housekeeping um, fact for you guys. And so uh, fill out that card. Start now. Um, Will you pray with me before we enter into our time of teaching? Jesus, Lord, we thank you for being with us, that you are God with us. We thank you for the blessings that you give us all around us. There's so many things that we can be thankful for. Lord, we thank you for your blessing ultimately in sending your Son. Lord, we ask that this morning, Lord, that you would engage our minds with the truth of Scripture. Lord, that our hearts might be turned towards you, and that we might be renewed, that we might be transformed, that we might see you as our Father, who seeks to bless us and give us all, all the things that you have for us. Lord, we thank you for being with us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So our text this morning comes from Numbers 6. And it's a very familiar text uh, for many of us because at Berean we practice benediction. Benediction is something that comes at the end of our service. If, if you haven't noticed, when Nathan gets up here at the end and he raises his hands and we're all standing, that is the technical term for that is benediction. We practice that blessing. And, you know, it's interesting when we look at the blessing in Scripture, and we're going to be looking at what blessing is, we're going to be looking at how does it come, and then we're going to be looking at um, uh, how it shapes the way that we live. So we're going to be looking at those three things. Uh, but blessing is actually something that unlocks our entire lives. When we look at what a blessing is, it unlocks every portion 
of our lives. So let's turn there to Numbers 6, uh, and, and we'll have it up on the screen if you'd like to read it from your Bible. Um, go ahead, this, this is the ESV, it might be a different translation, but we'll work through it together. So Numbers 6, verses 22 through 27, says this, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So like I said, the three things that we're going to be looking at this morning. What, one, what is blessing? You know, we may have used the word uh, bless you. Has is, is, is anybody used that when, when someone sneezes? Yes, it's very common. We use it all the time. Um, but what is the Lord's blessing? What is the act of blessing? And, um, and, and so uh, what the Lord's blessing is, how it comes, and how it shapes the way that we live. And if we understand that, it will transform the way that we look at God and how he blesses us. So, first off, the benediction. Uh, uh, the word benediction comes from two parts. Uh, it, it essentially means bene, which is good, and then word, which is diction. So, benediction is a good word. Um, but the... the the scriptural understanding of benediction is so much deeper than that. First, you're saying that there is an um, objective and subjective part of this. The subjective part is, I delight in you. I delight in you. I want to say that I delight in you. Like to say a blessing over someone is to, is to show delight. And when God is showing his delight, he is, he, uh, he is blessing us. And then the second one is not, I, I'm not just going to say words, but I am committed to your good. So I am expensively committed to seeing out that blessing in your life. It's not just I'm going to say bless you and walk the other way, but God is committed expensively to blessing his people. So the, 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 the idea of benediction, and this is known as the uh, ironic blessing, uh, where it's given to Aaron. It's not ironic, but it's ironic. Um, but the, the ironic blessing it was given at the end of every service uh, in, 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 in the early church history, where they... They would send them out with the ironic blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace. So, as we go on with blessing, an important part that we need to tease out of this is the place of peace within blessing is that it's not just a peace that takes place, but 
there is a peace that takes us all the way back to the garden. The first blessing that took place in Scripture was in Genesis. Every single day in creation, what did God say? He created it and said that it was good. Now, it's very different than if I say something is good. You know, if, if I'm building something or constructing something at my house, I, I, I might look at it and say, mm, that's good for my house. Or, yeah, I think that's good enough. No. It, God's blessing came out of his perfection. For him to say it is good, it, for, it, was, it was him saying that that aspect of creation is perfect. And that that aspect of creation is fully good. And so when we look at the garden, there is that peace. And that peace is the shalom of God. The, the perfect peace that, 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 that was there at creation. And the perfect peace, the perfect relationship that God had with his people. That Adam, when, when, when Adam was created, he was perfectly created. And everything was perfect. And then it was corrupted by sin. But I, I love this definition. I love this definition of peace. It is the absolute and utter fulfillment of your deepest desires within your God-given nature. That, that God has, has created us with a, a, a desires that, that nothing else satisfies. But the perfect peace that we can have from God only comes through knowing the person of Jesus Christ. And so that peace that he has made with us, that peace, that perfect shalom that takes us back to the garden and sets those things right that had been broken for us for so long. You know, it's interesting, one of the things that you might notice on the slide there is it says we cannot bless ourselves. That's something we need to take note of is the, the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing the stations today is because Blessing is something that you cannot do to yourself. You can't just bless yourself. It is from one entity to another. And so blessing is something that we are dependent on God for. We need his blessing in our lives. And uh, we, we cannot make blessing happen on our own. One of the important things that we need to focus on when we're looking at this scripture is this idea of the face of God. What does it mean when, when it's talking about the, uh, uh, may his face shine upon you? May the Lord lift up his countenance. So the Lord make his face shine upon you. You know, when you're in a group of people, we're in, when we're in this room, being in proximity with other people does not mean intimacy, right? But when you have someone's face, when you look into somebody's eyes, when you understand their face and, and you are there face to face, then there is a form of intimacy. There is a form of connection that takes place. It's not just a, 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 a thing that goes out, but it is um, the face of God is his presence. That God is with us, that God is for us, that he is committed to our good, and he is expensively committed to your good, that he delights in you, but he's also expensively uh, 
committed to your good. The intimate, personal relationship with God. To have someone's face means doesn't just mean proximity. It means you have their attention. You know, God has that for his people. That his face would shine upon them. And, that, and, and what, what is a shining face? A shining face is a smile. That God would bless what we're doing. That God would bless his people. That the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. And lift up his countenance. What's a countenance? Countenance is a smile, the face upon you and give you peace. This is his presence. You know, it's interesting. One of the things, when we look at scripture, we see the law of primogeniture. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure only a handful of us, and especially if you've studied it this week, know what pre, pre, the law of primogeniture is. But what it is, is this thing that, that, that happens today, actually, but it, but it happened also in biblical times uh, where the oldest uh, child would get the blessing, would get the father's blessing. And, you know, w- one of the best examples of the law of the primogeniture in Scripture is with Jacob and Esau. And, um, and how Jacob, his whole life, he desired to have his father's blessing. And so he devised a plan to steal the father's blessing from his brother. And he, he wanted to steal this blessing from his brother. And so he dressed up like his brother, went into his father when his father was old and ready to bless because he, he was going to die soon. And so there was this thing that, that he, he may have known. He knew that this wasn't genuine. But I think within Jacob's heart, he longed to hear his father's approval. He longed to hear his father's blessing. To say, all I have is yours. Take it. Even if it wasn't genuine, Jacob still wanted that. I think even today, I want to ask the kids in the audience, does it feel good when your dad or your mom says, I'm proud of you? Kids? Yes, right? It feels good when your parent says, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Some of the best memories I have is driving home after a baseball game I may have done terrible, and my dad turns to me and says, you know, you carried yourself well, I'm proud of you. That is the blessing that comes out of that story of Jacob and Esau. Jacob, he, he tries to steal his brother's blessing, even though he knows it's not genuine. So there's a longing inside every one of us to receive that blessing. And with Jacob, you know the rest of the story. He um, was a part of the line and, and got, got the blessing from Isaac. So, how does this connect to the gospel? How does this connect to the New Testament? How does this connect to our walk with Christ? Well, when we look at 
the gospel, when we look at how we had the face of God, in Genesis, in the Old Testament, we had the face of God. God had a full blessing in the garden when sin wasn't there. But then we lost the face of God. We lost the blessing of God. And it's through Christ, through the great reversal, which we're going to get to in a moment, that, that things were made right. That what was broken was put back together again. And we see this in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, where it says, For God who said, let, line, let light shine in the darkness, there's a reference to Genesis, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So there's countenance right there. There is turning his face towards us. That God sent his Son For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is a beautiful promise that comes and and shows the Gospel. That, That God has turned His face towards us. That He's turned His face towards His children. This is the great reversal. And that's the connection to the gospel. That's the connection to the good news that we lost His face. But in Christ, we have had the curse removed from us. And God has given us a blessing of Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father. That is the amazing mystery, the amazing beauty of the gospel is that there's this great reversal that takes place when we put our faith and trust in Christ for salvation. That because of sin, every one of us carries the curse of sin. But that that curse is removed when Christ takes ownership of our lives. And we are given the blessings that belong to Jesus. They're given to us And we get to rule and reign with Him. We get to be a part of this family. We are adopted as sons and daughters of Christ. And it becomes our new spiritual family. That's the beauty of the reversal. That the curse that was meant for us was put on Christ. And the blessing that He has is put on us. And so I want to encourage you in two ways. Here's two ways that you can apply this to your life. Apply the blessing. Make time to bless one another. We're going to take some time here in a moment to bless the families of our church. Take time to be a blessing to people. Have you ever had a mentor or a friend take down the walls and sit with you one-on-one? And say, how you doing? Have you ever had somebody that is out of your league or out of your standing take you out for lunch? There's a blessing that takes place with that. Even high schoolers, the young adults that are in the audience, you guys with little kids, they think you're really cool. (laughs) They think you're really cool. Taking time to, to 
love and bless your younger siblings. To point out something good that they do is a blessing to them. To say, I noticed when you did that thing. That is a way that you can be a blessing to them. So make time to bless one another. And the second time, the second thing that I want to encourage you with as, as we go from here. Hi, sweetie. You want a blessing? Okay. I love you. <laughs> go back. Okay. All right. She's finishing it with me. All right. All right. Make time to seek the face of God. As a family, on your own, make time to seek his face. You know, there's a lot of distractions that we can... Do you want me to hold you? Okay. All right. This is happening. All right. Rosie, you want to say hi? Hi. Okay. So make time to seek the face of God. Getting alone with him, getting alone in his word, getting alone and seeking the blessing of God. Allowing yourself to be blessed by his word. Allowing yourself to be blessed by what he has for your life. Take time to seek his blessing and to... Hi, sweetie. <laughs> to seek his blessing and to be blessed by him. So we're going to take some time here to do that. But uh, I also don't want to enter into the Lord's Supper lightly. I think it's an important thing that, that, that we need to focus on. Rosie, you want to go sit with Mama? I'm going to sit you down. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. Sweet. We don't want to enter into the Lord's Supper lightly. So uh, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11, where it talks about the Lord's Supper and how it's important for us to not, and not to eat or drink in an unworthy manner. Because if we do that, there's a, there's a, a promise of that curse that we would do that we would eat and drink condemnation on ourselves. So here at Berean, we practice open communion. And so um, what that means is if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and that he's at the center of your life, you can approach the, the table and take of the bread and eat, um, take of the drink and eat of the bread. Um, but what it means is it takes us back to Jesus with his disciples. Where on the night that he was betrayed, he got together with his disciples and um, he held up the bread and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then they took and they ate. In the same way he took the cup after supper, he said, this cup, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as, uh, sorry, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. So we're going to take a moment where you could come and receive communion, but I want you to do something first. Before you take communion, before you engage a prayer station, examine your hearts. Examine your hearts. Second Corinthians says, examine yourself to see that sure that you are in the faith. Confess any sin that needs to be confessed. God, I have fallen short. Where do we need to confess? 
And then receive the forgiveness that Christ has for each one of us. So as you enter the table, do not enter that lightly. But know that there's an assurance of the pardon, that your sins are covered because of what Christ did. And we do it in remembrance of him. So I'm, I'm going to encourage the uh, elders to move to your prayer stations. I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your blessing in our lives. We thank you for blessing us with every spiritual blessing, and Lord, that we cannot bless ourselves, but you bless us through your Son. And Lord, that we can recapture your face. Lord, help us to live our lives before your face. And Lord, help us as we enter into this time of communion and blessing. Lord, may it be sweet to you. Lord, we ask that as we look towards this new year, Lord, that you would impress on our heart where you're leading us. Lord, what you want for us. And Lord, bless us as we enter into this time. Lord, we thank you for being with us and loving us and dying for us. The price that we could not pay. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. I'd like to welcome up the worship team. Now, I want to encourage you to engage one of the stations. Take your prayer card, bring it to one of the prayer stations, and be blessed this morning. And if the prayer stations are full, come to the table and take communion. And remember, it is for those that have put their trust in Christ. Go and do that now.